Think back to April of this year at the spring game. Remember 93K Day? Safe to say most, if not all of us in attendance, would not have pictured a 7-5 UGA team playing in the Liberty Bowl against a 6-6 TCU team. But as we've certainly seen throughout the season of the lofty expectations that everyone had, they were probably a little bit ambitious. A true freshman starting quarterback, a talented but first-time head coach, and a suspect offensive line, among other issues, seemed to be standing in the way of a championship season. However, a win versus a down but talented Horned Frogs team would certainly serve as a strong, lasting impression for the team as they prepare for 2017, us as fans, and the new recruits who will sign in February. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and welcome back to the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. You are listening to episode 75. On this episode, my co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, join me in breaking down the aforementioned bowl matchup, and towards the end of the show, we will certainly provide our own predictions. But a big portion of this episode, we allow ourselves to purposefully get off topic. It's the holidays, and we spend a great deal of time talking about our favorite holiday movies, uh, the new Star Wars movie, and what the three of us are most thankful for, both personally and sports-related, throughout this year. So if you're into hearing about a smattering of pop culture talk sandwiched in between college football talk, you're going to certainly enjoy this episode. So here's Tony to kick us off. I have no idea who plays for Texas Christian, but it doesn't matter. So we're talking about bowl games? Gary Patterson's the coach. He follows me. We're talking about a bowl game. So on today's episode, we're we're back here. The WSLS podcast, we are back. Uh, Tony Waller, Will Leach, Scott Duvall. Hey, y'all. And on today's episode, we are going to preview the Georgia TCU AutoZone Liberty Bowl game and the college football playoff. A little disclaimer, Will is sick, and he's been drinking my family's famous I'm hot toddy. Sick. I'm just, you know, he doesn't I'm, feel well. That, that, that notion when you first get the sore throat, sure. you're like, okay, i got to right. head this shit off before Making I Making my life more difficult. Yeah, no, it's after, it's after 10 o'clock. We're, we're no yeah. longer recording. Uh, i got to head this off before it gets too bad. Right. I'm not sick yet, but, I'm, but for me, my preventative medicine is drinking my bourbon hot rather yeah. than cold. So he's so drinking the Waller family uh, famous hot toddy, mm-hmm. uh, which my my grandmother's favorite remedy. My grandmother never drank, of course, but she got a lot of colds. And <laughs> yeah. um, so and always at nine o'clock in the morning, and always really weekend. early in the day. Mm-hmm. So, well, Georgia TCU in a minute. But I came across this interesting article today, uh, thepostgame.com. I'm sure, it's a very well read site on the internet, but um, they had listed, uh, the headline intrigued me, it said, uh, defunct bowl games. Okay. And, well, you know, <clears throat> things like that really kind of catch my interest. So, Blue Bonnet Bowl. In the, in the, well, I think they were they were talking about uh, interesting or well-known or something. They didn't list all defunct bowl games, because that would be a lot. Yeah. So they kind of <laughs> gave their top six or something defunct bowl games. So I just wanted to kind of run through a couple, and then the last two, I wanted you to Kind of guess. So we can guess. Yeah. So uh, the Silicon Valley Classic, mm-hmm. which took place in the in the early two thousands in San Jose, which when you think right. San Jose and Silicon Valley, you think college football. Well, of course, of right. Course. Which is why they play the Pac twelve championship game there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In a ter- in a terrible and stadium. the Super Bowl. Oh my god! Actually, but the Silicon Valley Bowl, the stadium. But the Silicon Valley Bowl was before Levi Stadium. That was, was actually oh, San Jose Stadium. San Jose, yeah. San Jose Stadium. Yeah, Spartan. Just sad. Yeah. yeah, just sad. And then uh, in the O two game, it was Fresno State versus Georgia Tech, and they only drew ten thousand fans. Yes. And the the game that really put them out of business was two thousand four. It was Northern Illinois. Uh-huh. 
versus Troy. And nobody wants to go see Northern Illinois versus Troy in Troy, Alabama, much less Silicon Valley. With <laughs> Folks Steve in LA Jobs. have no idea where Silicon Valley is. Yeah. Not a lot of people coming from DeKalb, Illinois either, for that matter. Right. So. Yeah. And the power went out in that game. So that, that's that, right. Oh my gosh. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Power oh went out my gosh. Uh, another that, that sounds. I'm curious to see what you got next. But that that's a like metaphor. The worst that's a metaphor. Bowl. Well, another defunct bowl is the Aloha Bowl. Right. It's uh, you know people Jim, might Jim would argue, final game. Well, people might would argue now that well there's the Hawaii Bowl, but no, there was the Aloha, Aloha Bowl that was played on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. I love um, in the nineties. Yes, I yeah. loved having yeah. a bowl game on Christmas. That was a that was a good game. You were kind of correct, Tony, because the Aloha Bowl went out of business, kind of. Towards the 98 99 season, so they had an extra bowl game, the Oahu, Oahu bowl. bowl. That's right. And that's the one that was played on Christmas Eve, I think, or Christmas Day. I, I don't. It might have been Christmas Eve, yeah. I mean, for what's worth, the Hawaii Bowl this year is on Christmas Eve. Yeah. And that's so, great. Yeah. And I think it was the only bowl game ever played between two coaches who had lost their job. Well, well George Welsh was George leaving. George retired. And Jim Donnan, who did, you could who was, see his face. He was, was having not, a great time. Who was not leaving on his own accord. Right, right. He was having a big time. Yes, he it was, had a delay it was senior around day. His It was senior day. I, I got to admit, he, he was actually enjoying a last day at the office the way all of us would probably yeah, do right. so, right? Except it's in Hawaii. What are they going to do? Fire me? <laughs> Some more? <laughs> Georgia and Champ Bailey dominated that game. Yeah, that was a, that was really incredible. And that was, I think, the twenty fifth time that Georgia played Virginia in a ball game in the in, past five years. In, the, in that same five year span, right? I find it telling, you know, not not to be all sports sociologists about this, but it is worth noting that now it's become the NBA owns Christmas Day yeah. for sports. Yeah. When it didn't always, it was always like yeah. another thing that was happening. And now clearly they own it. Like they own it. Yeah. We're getting a Cavs Warriors rematch this year. Like they own There's it. There's five own. games. On yeah, Christmas. it's awesome. Like my Knicks are playing. It'll be really cool. But the Hawks never get to play. Oh yeah, the Hawks never get to play. But to me, well, the problem, with, the problem have, with the Hawaii Bowl games is that you either have to kick them off at eleven o'clock right, right. local time when the stadium is utterly dead, or they are eight o'clock kickoffs. Or well, actually, that's you know still. I mean, it's just it's just you can't make the time right. work for for Christmas Day in Hawaii. Another defunct bowl game that this uh, website mentioned was um, very appropriate, the Raisin Bowl in the uh-huh. 1940s. Yeah, Sacramento uh, or Fresno? Fresno sounds right. Fresno. I think it was Fresno. Yeah. yeah. But it was interesting. I think it only they only played it five, five times, but it was a California team mm-hmm. against random teams yeah. around the country. And in the 40s, I don't think you had Northern Illinois coming out to California no. to play in it. Uh, but yeah, the California Raisin Bowl in the 40s. Uh, another bowl game, the Garden State Bowl. Can anybody yeah. tell me where that Jersey. was? Jersey. In the Meadowlands in the 70s. The Meadowlands Stadium yeah. in the 70s. What was that like? That was, uh, that was... You know how fans ran on the field after the games? They just ran out in like the second quarter. It's, and started tackling it's everything you can imagine it was yeah. and worse. Yeah, it was like Studio 54 uh, kind yeah. of no. just spilled over. Studio 54 have been awesome next to this. <laughs> yeah, this right. just that. Imagine less cocaine and more AstroTurf. <laughs> there yeah. we go. Yeah. It met its demise when their 1980 bowl game, I think, was 29 degrees and snowy. And so the people that ran the Garden State Bowl did a smart thing. They said, let's not host a bowl game in December when it's snowing. Let's do a kickoff classic. And if you remember, mm-hmm. then in the late 80s, early 90s, you had a lot those of those. Yeah. really good games. That was probably the game that started the kickoff that classics. Kind of, yeah. You're exactly right. That's kind of what started. They were and saying, then they realized, why are we doing this in New Jersey? Let's do this in Atlanta. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. well, or yeah. Texas. Somewhere or else. California, Somewhere else. Yeah. A dome right. stadium. Which brings up a good point. 
I'm waiting for the Yankee, the Pinstripe Classic or whatever that bowl game is that's played up there to be, or for that matter, a cold weather Super Bowl to be a disaster. Not a, oh, it's really cold and people can't go out and do stuff disaster, a disaster. Because the Super Bowl hasn't been in Atlanta since 2000 because we had some ice. And let's be clear, when it ices in Atlanta, it's bad, right? But people are like, well, we're never going back to Atlanta. When they are coming back now with the new stadium, but they refuse to consider Atlanta. I mean, that's the problem with cold at the Super Bowl or a big event like that is not like, oh, no, there's snow in the field. No. It's that. It's trying right. to get to the stadium. Right. Because you know, the Super But they host in Detroit, Minneapolis, Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah, they've been lucky. Right. And Minneapolis is coming to the Super Bowl, getting, I believe, in two years. Yeah. And right before yeah. Atlanta gets there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, for the bowl game, there's going to be a pinstripe bowl. It's going to happen. There's a pinstripe bowl where they get 12 inches of snow, and it's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. Okay. Good. Well, we'll be uh, crossing our fingers for that. So the last two bowl games they mentioned. I want y'all to guess where they hosted okay. these bowls. Okay. Are we um, buzzing in or do we... Or do we yeah, you this? can buzz in. Um, <clears throat> I'd never even heard of this bowl, and I consider myself a mildly aficionado college football yeah, I mean, you knowledge host a, guy. You host a college football podcast. Right. So you're, you're on the right. good side. So uh, the Bacardi Bowl. Hmm. Uh, Bacardi Bowl was in San Juan. I'm going to go... Oh, Havana. It's not in Havana. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bacardi Bowl... Being in Tampa. Tony, you are correct. Havana. Havana? I know. I thought the same thing. I had to read it twice. I thought he was joking. No. It was hosted six times from 1907 to 1946. Pre-Castro. Yeah. So it was hosted in in, in, in Havana. And here's the funny thing. It was an American university against a Cuban national football team. Yeah. Like football meaning like American football, not soccer. Right, because that would be weird. That would be weird if they were Doc kicking Blanchard a ball. Play. And, yeah, well, that was I a, would like the football team's odds in that game. <laughs> so unless they played soccer, but uh, Just tackle him. And, and the only bad. time the the last game was played in 1946 with Southern Miss playing a Cuban national team. <laughs> it's Southern Miss. Wow. Southern did Southern Miss win the New Orleans Bowl? Wow, that's that an Southern incredible Miss. pull, Waller, yeah. to toss yeah. out Havana. Yeah, I, can't, I can't believe that. Yeah. Um, and then Auburn and Tulane were the only two U.S. teams that played, and they fought to a 7-7 tie. I found that very interesting. Uh, and finally, the Salad Bowl. I mean, this is when the Bulls, like, they. this is back when the Bulls thought they had to name it for, like, Blue Bonnet Bowl right, or right, Potato right. Bowl or Salad Bowl or Chili Bowl or something. Salad Bowl. Okay, where is it? This took I'm place going with somewhere. Bowl, I'm going with somewhere in the Imperial Valley of California. Like this was in the 50s that the Salad Bowl was played. Yeah, I'm gonna still say Imperial Valley of California. Maybe I went with Fresno before for Raisin Bowl. So Bakersfield. All right, that seems like a good guess. I'm gonna go. Salad Bowl is more in the realm of. You know, I feel like you can never go wrong with picking a Florida place, so I'm going to go with Tampa again. You got the warm weather correct, but it was Phoenix. Phoenix, right. Oh. right, right. I mean, where, where there's a lot of salad. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> what? The, uh. the salad bowl was a bowl for service teams, not service academies, service teams. So back in the 50s, you'd have like, what, East Nautical University oh, yeah, yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. Something yeah, else. That's right. Yeah, it'd have make him pre fight or something. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe okay. uh what is it, Embry Riddle or yeah. something like that okay. that would be playing in the salad bowl. Now now that we are discussing uh because that we're gonna be discussing games that actually matter, uh this will be my only opportunity on this podcast to do this. 
to me, one of the great, not so much bowl games, like a kickoff classic, was the Glassnose Bowl. Not a lot of people remember the Glassnose Bowl. I've never bowl. heard of that. The Glassnose Bowl was a game that was meant to be hosted in Russia. A bowl, a college bowl game. A USS. No, it was not a bowl game. It was a pre. It was a <clears throat> game pre-season, between yeah. two prominent. It was. A, it was supposed to be a regular season game that counted. But it was between two prominent universities in the United States <clears throat> would play a bowl game in Moscow. It was called mm. the Glasnost Bowl. Glasnost is Russia's Russian word for basically friendship, like friendship, diplomacy. Yes, like coming across the aisle, sort of thing. And the game was to be played between the University of Southern California. And the University of Illinois. And they were about three months away from setting it up. They were very close. There was, If you go to Wikipedia, there was, in fact, a Wikipedia entry for specifically this Glassnose Bowl. It's tr- probably true then. Uh, late 80s. It would late have been, 80s. It would have been and, actually the 1990s season, yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure. I think, yeah, late like 80s, early 90s. And uh, they were supposed to play, and then like I think it fell through – Probably because the USSR was completely collapsing as an economic system at the time. Hmm, 89, 90s. Yeah, what happened around that time? Yeah. So, uh, so they didn't cancel the game. And so, but I remember when I was, I was about 14 years old and the idea that <clears throat> Illinois was going to play in Russia. If that game would have happened, I, I'm firm in the belief that it would have rocketed Illinois into a new tier. It would have changed everything. It would have, it would have changed They would have everything. been up there with Yuri Gagarin. Yeah, it would have been. Because I think it would have been coached around. That's around John Makovic time. So yeah. that would have, that, they had a yeah. good coach then. That was back when they had a series of good coaches. Who was really good in, as a Teddy KGB in rounders. Yeah, no, that's that's that's, that's John. Different John Makovic. Makovic, 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 Makovic. So let's get into the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Before we do, okay. you, do bring up, you do bring up a good point is that uh, – I wish the SEC had more bowl tie-ins with, with Something different. the Pac-12. I really do. Yeah. I mean, I mean that all sincerity. I mean, because of the Virginia. I, uh, no, thing. no, I'm tired of playing ACC and Big Ten teams. Yeah. I mean, we have what two games with Big Twelve, and we really. I mean, Georgia's playing one this year, but you know that that Texas Bowl almost always is a West team. You know, I've been saying this, and I mean it in all sincerity. Put the ninth Pac-12 team and the ninth SEC team in the Las Vegas Bowl. Yeah. I'd go to that game every time Georgia played in it. Never be disappointed in it. It right. is weird, you know. We discussed a little bit when we talked about this at the at the um, tailgate uh, Georgia podcast. But for me, if there's a year to like skip out on a Georgia bowl game, it is not this year. This no. is like a fun one, man. This is not- no. I'm I'm mad. I can't go. Yeah, I'm like yeah. mad. This I is can't a fun go. One. Like this is a good one. This is not Nebraska the second year. This is not Louisville. Like this is not Wisconsin again. Right. Like this is uh, sure Purdue. Some both more. of these teams wanted bigger seasons than they had. Particularly TCU, TCU, by the way. Like it's worth knowing that many people had TCU in the playoffs yes. this year, including Solid Verbals. Uh, the Solid Verbal actually had them on there, and. So it's worth noting that I don't think they had Georgia in the national championship no. at the end of this year. So well, I mean, Scott did, but yeah, both te- <laughs> both teams are generally disappointed. Uh, but this is a fun opponent that plays a different style than we usually run up against. This is a bowl game that I'm actually excited to watch, as opposed to I mean, even the Pitt State game last year was just like it was. It was. I mean, I had fun at the game. The only thing that that's bad about that game, the only thing that really hurts about that game now, is that. Penn State was fifth this year. That's not what was supposed to happen. I thought, I thought Penn State was falling apart. So maybe that's a good thing that we actually pulled off that win. Which which actually leads to the fact that it was Christian McCaffrey. Because he, yes. he, he Hackenberg got, I mean, Hackenberg. Hackenberg, right, right. Hackenberg, he right. got hurt right, in the right, second right, quarter right, right, right. and didn't play anymore. And now so. he's taking the NFL by storm. Now he has taken the 
Whatever team he's still Who's he with? Uh, Barcelona I think Dragons, like, I, think. Yeah, I think. He was on the practice squad for, uh, for a while, but yeah, it didn't turn out well. For the Rhine Fire. Right. For the Rhine Fire. The only real information that I have on the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, and no, they're not sponsoring this podcast, but I just kind of like to you know give the sponsor their credit, um, is Michael Chigbu is out. And our receiver core is very, very thin to start with. So what does this mean for... Jacob Eason. Well, well, there are some rumors floating that Isaiah McKenzie is done after this game. I haven't heard anything on that. There's just rumors floating, and I I can't say anything about it. What do you mean, done, done? Like, will not be playing football at Georgia after this season. We'll declare for the draft. Um, Hmm. Yeah. Seems odd. See you, Junior? Sure. Uh, We'll go with that. And um, so, you know, that does add some element of suspense. Look, bowl games really do come down to – they don't really come down to game plan, execution, whatever. They they really come down to how well the coaches and the players, for that matter, buy into whether they want to play this ball game or not. They're true exhibitions, and you as a football coach can only stomp and yell so much to, because it matters to you because you're getting paid for wins. But if your team doesn't buy in, you're not going to have a, a great game, period. So – you know, we with Chick Boo out, that that does change your math a little bit. the The thing about Texas Christian is that you're up against a team that probably is coached by a guy that three years ago a significant part of George's fan base would have killed to have as the head football coach. So you know, and, and Gary Patterson to to give Gary Patterson a lot of credit. I mean, he really does deserve all the accolades he gets. He is he has taken that that that's his program, right, right. and and he has made it his program. He's decided to stay there as his program. So to me, this game comes down to which team is, is the most prepared. Um, man, I sure like the four guys sticking around. I, yeah, I think that I, means something. I, was just about I think it means something. That's going to yeah. make it to where Georgia is inspired to play this game. If you need a kick in the pants, like there's it just Nick means Chubb. something because Sony Nick Michelle. Chubb's not going to take a day off of practice. No. Neither no. Sonny Michelle or Davin Bellamy or Lorenzo no. Carter. I mean, they're playing for a fifty dollars Visa card, Visa card, and a shopping thing, a shopping spree at the best <laughs> gift suite. The gift suite, yeah. as they call it. That so, place is nice. I mean, I mean the whole look, I'm, a, I'm excited about this game because we are playing a, a different team than we normally play. It is a very good test of philosophies um, because they Texas Christian famously plays the little five two two. Um, basically, double stacked the linebackers. Um, it's nine people. Right. Well, they have two deep backs. So, okay. so they'll, they'll basically play five in the front, and then they'll have two linebackers, two linebackers outside. Um, Someone was questioning the championship coach of your youth league on your, on your defensive alignment. I, I, I don't understand. <laughs> and uh, so, but, you know, they, I mean, this is Gary Patterson's defense. So we have an opportunity to do some interesting things. I would not – I bring up the Isaiah McKenzie thing. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Isaiah McKenzie get 10 touches. just wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, yeah. He gets 10 touches. He gets 100 yards offense. However it happens, we win this game big. Well, it's interesting you bring up Isaiah McKenzie getting a lot of touches, uh, getting a lot of touches because TCU has their own Isaiah McKenzie, Cavante Turpin, <clears throat> a dangerous return guy. Yeah. I think I, I, I flipped on ESPN a couple times this year and saw him like running about 80 yards down the field. Um, so you got to keep the ball out of his hands and, you know, be efficient on special teams. It's kind of like, you know, call out to Shane Beamer, like, come on, let's, let's do something unique for special teams. Cause I've seen no resemblance of Beamer ball at all this year. 
for the Georgia special yeah. teams. I, I, I think the bowl game is a good time to maybe try something, be a little bit more aggressive, try a block punt, try a fake field goal or something. But um, one of the other things that's interesting about uh, TCU is that they lost the last two games of the season to Oklahoma State and Kansas State. And in those two games, they had 16 punts and they scored 12 points for both against Oklahoma State and KSU. In the in the same the same breath, they played Baylor this year and put 62 on Baylor. Yeah, they they've been an enigma. I don't so, think there's any doubt about how how up and down they played. Um, this game, I mean, this game has all the makings to be a, a shootout, especially for Georgia, considering we've averaged 20 something points right. a game. I mean, this, is this game, a game to cut it loose. Yeah, this is this yeah. Game, oh, absolutely. This is a game that has Special potential teams, to be offense, like 38, 34 or something. Yeah. Right. Which would I have to say would regardless of it how would it be turns lovely. Out, it would be so fun to see that game after what after this year. Even the good stuff of this year never had anything like that. No. I mean, I so you know we to me, we play competent on special teams. We get anything out of our running game, and Isaiah touches the ball ten times and goes for hundred yards on offense. I think I think we win this. Game. I think we score thirty five points. We win this game. Yeah, you know, and one of the things we've talked about again with with Houston on the last podcast, and just teams that are into it and teams that aren't. TCU lost its last two games in particularly ugly fashion. And listen, Georgia lost their last game in a frustrating fashion. But they did not lose it in a, I want this season to be over, let's roll over type of game. Yeah, they, 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 you're right. They didn't lose it in a, what are we doing out right. here? It was a definitely a very frustrating way to lose. I don't think anyone would, would doubt that. But it wasn't a, this is a team that's lost and has lost its coach sort of thing. Yeah. And, TCU, not to say that they've lost their coach, but this is a team that had, again, had very high hopes, and by the end of the year was just kind of limping into the finish. And those are teams, it's funny, we talked about Snyder in the last podcast. This is the team that loses to a team that's coached by by Snyder. And they're yeah. Like, they're not into it, and if you're not completely focused, then that's a team to beat. Well, what's their record? Six and six? Six and six. Yeah. And, and they're 0-5 against teams with winning records currently. And Georgia's got a winning record. Yeah. Yeah, and sure, they have a better record than they do. Exactly. So, yeah. so I think I think the optics show. So what do you want to see? Should... What do you guys want to see? Do you guys want to see Eason air it out? Because there's a part of me that wants to see that. I want to see a ground game, man. I mean, it's tailback you, you know, and that's what we're we were talking about in our previous podcast where we've got five, and including DeAndre Swift coming in next year, we've got five stud running backs. So let, let's see them. I mean, I think we're a little bit hamstrung, obviously, with the offensive line. Hopefully, that's going to change next year. But I'd love to see a ground game that then opens up because our deficiencies this year have been wide receiver and creating things in the passing game. I'd love for uh, Easton to have a 250-yard-plus game and you know being able to, to work off the play action and hit Nada and Blazevich and down the middle. And maybe the, the problem, and I think we've talked about this in the past, the problem with our receiver group or our offense has been the fact that Isaiah McKenzie has not been a true number two or number three option, which really would elevate his game yeah. because we don't have a one yeah, or two. It would also elevate yeah. his game if he would handle kickoffs and punts. Sure, but I'm just, talking, I'm just talking offensively. I know you are, but like you that's, the, that's the point, though, is that like a lot of things we've wanted out of McKenzie this year. But if that running game can get churning, then maybe you see a tunnel screen or some kind of uh, a screen pass that we saw maybe five times all year. I'm telling you. Look for Isaiah McKenzie to be featured in this offense and us to win this game. Defensively, I mean, we have to look out for Hill. And then look out for him to do something silly after he scores a touchdown. 
Well, Aggies. Hopefully, QB Aggies. Yes. Throw the hill, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'd have to keep in mind he scored uh, 57 points against South Carolina. Yes. But mm-hmm. uh, him by himself, it was not the rest of his team. The, the way I view this game is that we got what we wanted out of it as far as extra prices. And we have four guys that are going to be starting this game and next season coming back. It feels good when you sit back and think about what we want to do. And I, and I think I, I, I agree with Will a little bit. Uh, we've kind of all been waiting for that air it out game. I, I want the ground game to get going, but this does feel a little bit like a game where Eason, where the, where they where they throw some some stuff out there and see what what Eason can do, and not just a couple of deep pokes a game, like just let's 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 hum it. I mean, let, you got him. Let's, 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 that's what he's here for. Let's Isaiah let Isaiah, let Isaiah go deep. Let's Godwin go deep. Let's see what happens. I mean, let, let, let's just think about the, regardless of of the running backs coming back next year, what we want out of Eason, like. If, if he's the quarterback we want him to be, he's got two years left. And we can talk about, like, he's got two years left. If he's the quarterback we want him to be, you're correct. Right. He's got two years left because if he's got three years left, he's not the quarterback. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm That's probably right. And, and, that's exactly and frankly, Jake Fromm starts over him. Right. I don't think that's happening. But I'm just saying, that's what, I have. That's what happens. Tony Stark <clears throat> controversy for yeah, yeah. No, that's I not. Love, no, I love that was. Quarterback controversies as we uh, head into the. Uh, was Scott. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I like the idea of quarterback controversies two years from now. Uh, but like that's wow. the point, though, is that to me it's time to start. Like, Oh, I do have one other thing about quarterbacks. Yeah, go, go. Grayson Lambert starts this game. Starts, does a does a series. At the most, a series. Yeah, maybe a you play. Think, you think Lambert's going to start? Yeah, I see it. Yeah. I see it. Yeah. He's been, he's been a loyal soldier. Yeah. Yeah. He's dealt with a lot of crap. If not, he gets a series. He certainly gets a Absolutely. series. I mean, yeah. say what you will, Ben, but like the guy did win tip games last year and then sat for a true freshman that's quarterback right. that won seven. That's right. You I'm just saying. that guy some credit. You, you, you know you, how I feel about him? You haven't heard a bleep out of him. You haven't. Yeah. You haven't. Because he's a, he's a damn good dog. And he's engaged to Miss Georgia. He's Which is also, and he's, a winner. he's, he's a winner. He's a winner. He's a winner. He will be engaged. I remember my friend Matt Adair's church. Like, yes. Oh, does he go there? Does he go there? He's, he's, good, he's good. a good, good dude. He's a good guy. And, for, so. and uh, Just not, of Georgia. Not a know. lot of people in college football today. And I don't even this mean this is a criticism of the people that You're talking about Christian Caffrey now, aren't you? Yeah. No. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's my hot take. But to me, like, I actually understand, would understand any quarterback causing a fuss over that. It would be very frustrating. They've got a right to do it. The fact that he didn't say a word. Yeah. And, and he, I mean, again, he everybody up. that listened to this podcast that year knows how I feel about Grayson Lambert. I'm so glad Jacob Eason was a quarterback this year. However, for him to be able to handle that and have a team that lost three more games, that won three fewer games than the year before, that's a pretty cool thing to do. I, that's an awesome idea, and I I feel bad that I had not thought about it. Yeah. Grayson Lambert ain't lost to Vanderbilt. Yeah, right, right, oh, so, right. Okay. So, and you, for the record, neither is Jacob Eason. So let's, but, let's, right. let's, let's, yeah. So, so, so getting back on point. So the point per, is, the, okay, go ahead. The point is, is that, like, we have two years left of Eason, if he's what we want him to be. Right. This has been his freshman year. We all kind of understand that this freshman, he's a true freshman. He is... Less than half of the ages of everybody in this room. Like, he is a very small, a very young person. So for me, that is freshman year that he's handled it, what he's done. We've been able to see the flashes of, wow, that's a throw I haven't seen, but he makes in Stafford. That kind of play. That's great, but we need, we're going to have to take the reins off a little bit in year two for Georgia to be what we want them to be. This is an excellent time to start that. So I, gotta, I, I just had a thought, Tony. Is the idea to redshirt Fromm next year 
And that way you, you develop two years of separation. And then Eason plays his junior year and Fromm's a freshman and sits, ideally, because we're making a championship run. And then Fromm starts his sophomore season. Well, I mean, I'm not... That's kind of the I'm old not head football coach. It. I'm not a head football coach, but yeah, I think that's probably right. I mean, if Fromm doesn't start... I mean, the, the real question about Fromm is that if you don't have to play him, you don't play him next year. You, you, just, you just don't. You redshirt him. Right. Because that's, so who would the backup be? Oh, Ramsey. Is he back? Yeah. Okay. He's got a year left. Yeah. So, so like he if, will if, be if here he's... until the glaciers melt. <laughs> he will be here. I mean, he's gonna play. He's gonna play here longer than Corey Phillips. And um, no, I mean, yeah, I think I think that's who your backup is. But the real question is, what happens if what happens if Jacob gets hurt? And well, then you pull the red week shirt. week five against South Carolina. Do you pull the red shirt or you let if you're play? if you're four and zero, oh, you consider it. If well, it's it just two and, and, and frankly, I think it you're depends. not even two and two. We're playing like Samford and App State. Okay. Yeah, yeah we, we got Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre, Dame. Uh, Notre Dame. So too. speaking of, I'm still going to that yeah. game. I don't care what it takes. My kids can go to college a year late. <laughs> um, so yeah, and we'll we'll get to our predictions on this game. Uh, Are we doing that at the end? Yeah, we think we should. That's what we okay. do. All right. So you have like 19 questions. Oh, I'm chomping. So are we going to talk about Texas Christian's uniforms now? You know, they, they wear such a wide variety of uniforms. Um, <laughs> they do. Oh, yeah. Wait, let me, let me describe. They've been I, chrome before. I haven't they, been in the chrome helmet. Scott's eyes lit up like I had not seen all night. Yeah. That <laughs> yeah was, they, there was a uh, – my, my, my friend Tommy Craig's – my, to, my friend Tommy Craig's calls that <laughs> – the the sock my my socks roll up moment, and I think that is exactly what a great way to put it. Right? It's your socks roll up moment. It's yes, such yeah, a great so way to put it. it really yeah. is. So uh, they've yeah. uh, they've they've done a lot on their uniforms. They you know they used to be just the TCU with their purple the helmet, and perfect. then you know the, they kind of jumped the shark for me. When a couple of years ago, I think in the Fiesta Bowl or something, they wore the bloody frog helmet, oh, where they had the horn frog with the bloody eyes, and I was done. Yeah, I was I done with that. TCU, yeah. and then they they started trotting out like uh, like camo style uniforms. So there's no telling what yeah. TCU is going to wear. All I know is that George is going to be in the red and black, and not the black jerseys, which right. I've already said should be reserved for an SEC night game in the future. Um, so I don't really care what they wear. Interesting fact. Mm-hmm. I grew up being a TCU fan. I did not know this. My mom went to TCU. Expand to my college. My mom, my mom is from Baytown, Texas, mm-hmm. and she went to college at Texas Christian University. Jim Wacker was oh. the head coach back yeah. then, and they were pretty horrible. And uh, she was born in '50s, so was she like was the there lower in like the, the late '60s, it's, early '70s. Yeah, right. When yeah. did we get to make Wacker jokes? Yeah, Jim Wacker. Jim Wacker was, was the, the lower Wacker. That was the lower the, Wacker. The head coach of TCU back then. So I grew up just, I mean, my dad went to Emory. Right, so right, right. neither one of them went to Georgia. So I, went, I grew up pulling That's for awesome. TCU. That's awesome. So, uh, But I'm not pulling for TCU right, 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 today right. or this, good. this game at all. We should, not that I would not be interested in hearing your TCU crossover podcast. Or you right. that one. We'll go into that. I'll do that kind of on the dark internets. Yeah. Right, right. The, and, the, and you and you give are, me the password. Yeah, and for you it. and you uh, you play you method act as the way that you were when you were eight or nine. <laughs> That's right. And you're like That's right. football is awesome. <laughs> That's right. I do have a fitted hat that says uh, their their old TCU logo on it. Um, not that TCU's really transformed Send much the anymore. Yeah. So uh, my kids wear that now. Um, so I wanted to take a little bit of a left turn. And ask y'all some questions and give y'all some information. 
This is the point where our re- our listeners are like, I'm surprised by this. This exactly surprises me. I thought we were going this way, but whoop, we, over there we now go. stay tuned because at the end we will all three of us give our predictions. I know you're waiting with bated breath on that, but um, just kind of had some interesting things to run by you and uh, questions to ask. So um, Georgia has been in 29 plus 19. What's 29 plus 19 plus three? Uh, 62. Wait, 28 plus 49? No, 20, you're right. 61, 61. Yeah, I thought it was 61. Okay, 29 plus 19 plus 3. Yeah, 61. Okay, so they've been to 61 bowl games. Okay. I didn't think, I should have added that up ahead of time, but That's I didn't. Right. You got me. But out of those 61 bowl games, they've been to 18 different bowl games throughout okay. the years. Tony, and, and Will, you can play too, but yeah, I expect Tony to know this more than maybe you. No offense. He knows his Havana. So uh, there, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's been 18 different bowl games. Tony, I need at least... I figured a number that might would be acceptable for me, for your knowledge. Are you looking at Pixel phone? No. Okay. I'm looking at my phone, yeah. All right. There so, is hardcore pornography on his phone right <laughs> now. I'm looking at daily bracketology. <laughs> um, I'd like for you to name at least 12 out of those 18 bowl games that George has played ah, in. Right, okay. Like at least 12. Sugar Bowl, Peach Bowl. Whoa, whoa, hold on. You're going too no, fast. No, wait. Here, how about this? How about this? How about this? Can I be a part? Yeah, Can absolutely. I'd love to. There's a game that on my my favorite podcast, the Extra Hot Rate podcast, they call it Hot Potato. Okay, okay. okay. And so, oh, yeah. yeah. We go, keep going back yeah. and forth. Okay, so right. Sugar Bowl, Peach Bowl. All right, that's, that's fine. Obvious. All right, keep up. Okay, so so for the record, Tony said Sugar Bowl, and then Will went and to I Peach Bowl. And I theoretically said Peach Bowl. Okay. Um, Citrus Bowl. Belk Bowl. Outback Wait, let bowl. me tell you if you're correct. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Citrus Bowl is correct. Outback Bowl. Out, I said Belk Bowl. Hold on. Belk Bowl, <laughs> and then you went back to Outback. Yes. Okay, that's five. Yes. Okay, and this is just any bowl they've been to. Any bowl that they've played in. Okay, the Rose Bowl. Oh, that's nice. Correct. That's correct. Um, Sun Bowl. That is correct. The TaxSlayer.com Bowl. Gator the Gator, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's not your guess. That was Will's guess. No. Interesting. Can you name the opponent they played in the Sun Bowl? Arizona State. Arizona. Arizona? Okay, yeah. Arizona. I don't know how I knew that. All right, whose turn is it? It's his. I said Tech Slayer. Okay, you said Gator, and then yeah. what do you say? No, it's, it's the Tech Slayer. Orange Bowl. Orange is correct. Did we say Did I cross yeah. that off? Hold on, I might have not written it down. Yeah, Orange Bowl is correct. That's Oops. where Bill Stanfield's played, uh, team played. In 66. I'm going to write that down because I know you're correct. I forgot that one. I mean, right. am, I, am I a jerk if I say Liberty Bowl? Liberty Bowl? <laughs> nope, you are correct. Independence Bowl. Independence is correct. We've proven in the last podcast I can spell independence. Um, okay, let's go with... Let's go with... Okay, I'm going to say one. Um, go with Blue Bonnet Bowl. Oh, nice. You are correct. Yes! Yeah! Played Maryland. Um, Fiesta Bowl. You not playing the Fiesta? Tony, you lose. Legion oh, victorious in nice. Nice. Prove me once again, I know Georgia football better than Tony Wallander. <laughs> True Tony, I'm, I'm disappointed. Uh, we play, Well, I was going to go with the Oil Bowl, which is a like an esoteric uh, one we played in. Oil Bowl is correct. Uh, hold on. Wait a minute. I'm missing, I'm missing one Florida Said Outback Citrus. Uh, let's see if I can get them. Hold on. Outback Citrus. Blue Bonnet. Cotton. Crap. Cotton. Yeah. Um, cotton. There's four left. There's four left. Okay. There's Wahoo. Yes. Aloha. No. We never played in Aloha? No. It was Oahu. 
Okay, so we've got three left, right? Mm-hmm. One's still intact today, and, the, and two are not. Is there a GoDaddy bowl? <laughs> no. There's one that I'd never heard of. Look, it's Danica ever. Patrick acting like What's she's going to take a racing outfit of? off. The one that I'd never heard of was 1950, the presidential cup bowl. Oh, my God. No, I've never gotten that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's good to know the protection that uh, Eisenhower was wearing. <laughs> Very deep, very deep. Um, what's the other one We that's not a thing anymore? Hall of Fame Bowl. Of oh, Fame Bowl. yeah. That game was played in uh, – it was Miami, right? Uh, that would have been 80 – oh, my God. I was in college, like 87. Uh, so there's one There's 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 one. There's one still in – There's one currently in the SEC rotation that you did not mention. Okay. Oh, oh Music City. Crap. Music City Bowl. So dumb. That's correct. Good yeah. job, yeah. boys. Yeah. Nice job, man. Nice Way to job. Mad propers. So there, there's one last uh, little trivia thing. Well, and then I've got questions later. But um, there's one Georgia player that has the most passing attempts, the most completions, and the most receiving attempts or the most receptions in a ball game in Georgia history, and that player is? With the same dude? The same guy has the most passing attempts, the most completions, and the most receptions in Georgia history. Will? Yeah, Gordy Lockbaum. Uh, I don't know no. who did all of that. I know. Come on. He played for Notre That's the point. Is I don't know who who was doing both sides things. So That's Hans Ward. It's Hans Ward. <laughs> I never heard of the guy. Who's him? Hans Ward? Yeah. And, and, uh, the crazy oh, thing yeah. Is, I that guy. That guy. We tailgated with that, that, tailgated that guy. That guy. He played for Georgia? You have to, you have he played for Georgia? You have to link, right? You have to link the, the tailgate. I, I will. I will yeah. link he played the, for Georgia. That dude at the tailgate. Yeah. yeah. There's there. a guy named Hans Ward that... Did not just play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He started his career. He at did the not just Georgia. dance with the stars. Right. <laughs> you oh, know, he was a star. One of the things we didn't mention in our podcast where we talked about Heinz Ward, he was in uh, the Batman. Um, I had no idea dark, that was a thing. Dark, the, the Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Rises with yeah. Bane. He yeah. was the guy He's running the, down the field. He fell in the hole. Fell, oh, remember when the field cut? Yeah. That's him. That's an awesome no scene. That movie is yeah. not great, but that scene is awesome. That scene is awesome. That's why they put it in the preview, yeah, right? right? <laughs> You'll have to definitely link that to this podcast. Yes, I will. I will. So um, he makes that quizzical look. He's like, "What?" Yes, yeah, like, why is the whole stadium gone? It's actually kind of awesome because that's actually shot very well because he runs all the way, gets the touchdown, yes, and then turns around. And is like, "Whoa!" Oh, oh. Yes, yes, well played. Can you do a Bane impression? <laughs> he as- <laughs> assuming <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> he looks just like <laughs> he looks just like Bane, y'all. It's yeah. incredible. <laughs> Well, Mark Rick lost control of the podcast. <laughs> Mark Rick has lost control of the podcast. <laughs> you so, know, apparently they had to like redub most re-dub of the all dialogue that. because the first time they went through it was because a lot of people had the trouble was understanding crap. him anyway. I couldn't in the I actual couldn't movie, really. but apparently what I just did is not that far from what it actually sounded like in the first version. You would think they would have recorded his voice normally and then put some filters on it or something. You know what? You don't get on another Georgia podcast. We'll leech. Lay in the knowledge. Right. With movies. Well, and that's a great segue. You said movie nerd. That's a great segue because I have a list of about, I don't know, like 10 rapid fire questions. Can I go go to another drink? No, it's fine. Go ahead. I don't have time. And and this has no real rhyme or reason. Some of it has to do with Georgia football. Some of it is true false. And some of it is just quick. Um, response. So, you know, I figure we're only about 40 minutes into this podcast. Why not make it another nine minutes long? Let's go. So Will and Tony, we'll go with Tony first because I'm really interested in Will's 
answer. So that means I'm not really interested <laughs> yeah. in your answer. There's your first mistake. <laughs> 97. <laughs> Tony, we just had Christmas. Yes. Yes. So uh, what is your favorite holiday or Christmas movie of all time? A Christmas Story. Okay. That's yeah. it? Yeah, I, I think it's hard to argue okay. with the Christmas that, that, And uh, they'll play it on TNT for 24 hours. I'm already watching it twice. Yeah. I, come on, I'm you, sorry, seven you're, times. You are married to someone from Indiana. Your yeah, well, that's just is, a great movie. I know, you know, the, like, thing that, the thing that fascinates me about that is there's so much snow. And being from the South, I'm like, yeah. every time I watch it, I'm like, I'd like for it to be like that. I mean, Christmas Vacation second. If you but, were to distill and the then, Midwestern mindset into a movie, yeah. it might actually be a Christmas. Yeah, movie. I think that's right. Yeah. I mean, but the third, the third is is Die Hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. McLean. McLean. We lost him this year. Yeah, no, no. Poor one out. Yeah, Hans Gruber. Yeah, yeah. We lost him. Two thousand sixteen goes straight to hell. Yeah. Um, Started bad. Will, what yeah. is your favorite holiday and or Christmas movie of all time? Holiday and or Christmas. I think it's hard to argue with the Christmas story, uh, but I would say that. Uh, my favorite, yeah, I think it's going to be a Christmas story. I, I, I find it difficult to argue with, with, with that pick. I mean, classical's Holiday Inn. Classic Holiday Inn. It's fine. One of my, it's a wonderful, it's wonderful life is the big one that everybody always loves. No. I have to say, I find the message of that movie not as resonant. It's disturbing. Today. Yeah. Like, I find it, I don't know, man. Like, I, Look, that, it feels, that, that's a movie. To me, what we want from a great Christmas movie is for it. Not, let's say I love Frank Capra, who made this wonderful life, and and I love his kind of, you know, pleasant, warm optimism about the planet. But I don't know <laughs> if that's the way the world works or has worked for many years. Well, and it's it's what funny. I love about a Christmas story is it goes through cynicism. It go it, it deals with capitalism. It <clears> deals <throat> with um, the the notion of what's the toy? What's the toy we want? We want the red rider rifle. It deals with all of the practical, ugly stuff of Christmas, but ultimately comes back down to a very warm message around Christmas that still I feel feels resonant today. You get dirty words, you get light boy in the mouth, you get a fight between a kid and a bully. What's not to like about it? And for it? God's sake, if there, I don't know what, I guess you guys didn't uh, uh, grow up where the weather was so cold that no. someone actually throws their tongue, tongue on to a... the flagpole. Yes. But that was, everybody had to try, there was always that <clears throat> one kid that was like, that had not seen the movie. And his name is usually know, Schwartz. And you can always get him to do it. Is that like uh, sending a guy on a snipe hunt down in South Georgia? Yes. It, it's exactly the same thing. I, I really was sitting here thinking, I can't be gruesome. I can't be gruesome. But I can't argue with anything Will saying because <laughs> that's exactly right. It's like it has Life Boy. It has a dirty word. It has, the, you know, dealing with, you know, the awkwardness of coming of almost coming of age. It's just, it's, it's what, awesome. There's it's nothing great. wrong with the movie. It's it just perfect. Great. And even the it's dad, even well cast. Yeah, it's just Darren it McGavin is the yeah. old man. Also, I like to remind everyone that the guy that directed that movie also directed Porky's. Huh. So uh, yes, that uh, wasn't a did very. Did you say big that in a bad way? Yeah. You no, said you said I, in a bad I, way. I, I would say that the, the guy showed his versatility. Well, you know, the funny thing about that whole movie is that in order to get the movie made, he had to promise to do Porky's right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he had no, 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 they, yeah. because they had. The, the studio had the movie, right. right? And no one would do it because it was pretty raunchy. And, uh, you know, I think I had Kim Cattrall early as Lassie. And um, if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. But I think that's it's, a, it's perfect. 
It is, I agree. It is the definitive Christmas movie. Well, I'm, I'm making Scott's, Scott's making a I'm go see Porky's notes. again. <laughs> and it's, it's fine because like A Christmas Story is one of those movies because it's been played so much right. and it has become such a part of the holiday. I feel like its power and the greatness of it has been lost a little bit. Do you watch it every year? Uh, it, it is you kind of, it's one of those where you kind of can pick up on it for like 30 minutes yeah. and then leave it. And but it's back. just full of great scenes. Watch like, it last yeah. night. Yeah, I mean, last night we're recording this early, but yeah. I watched it last night already. Yeah, I feel like it is the type of thing that you know we live in a world now where people are less into movies and more into television and yeah. more into serialization. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, if this can hang on as a Christmas tradition, I would be very happy to have yeah. it continue. So. Well, mine is Elf. So, yeah. well, Elf is fourth. Elf is fourth. Elf is fourth. I like to laugh. Yeah. So, no, Elf is fourth. And the fact that. Why Basically, do you, why do you don't laugh? What's wrong with your soul if you don't laugh at Christmas? I mean, I laugh at the like the mashed potatoes part and the the wash his mouth out with soap and the leg lamp and everything. Santa but, kicks a kid in the face. In the, straight up in the face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we will agree to disagree. Um, so moving on, the the it's rope, an age thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. Shit. I'm so much younger than Will. Yeah, it's true. Um, he's young, he's young. <laughs> that was a mean thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Rogue One movie is out. The, star, yes. the new Star Wars movie. Yes. My question is simple: What's it about? All right. I've seen it. You've not seen it. Is it I have not. I'll see, go, I'll, I'll see it Christmas Day. Should we go see it? I feel like if you I, are into the I've Star read, Wars, universe, I, I've read your review. Yes, and for the record, I, I gave I gave it a negative review. It's gotten me yelled at by many nerds on the internet uh, because now it's part of. I'm one of the quote unquote top critics on Rotten Tomatoes oh. which means that like they will go search to people that did not like the movie that they love so much and find that person sending nasty emails and or tweets which is fine it's part of the job I always feel like so it's like Scott at William F. Leach yes I'm, I'm personally of the belief that one of the jobs of being a <clears throat> member of the working media is to work as almost the nation's stress pillow is that what we are right now no, you are you are da- yeah. you are dabbling. Ish. We're dabbling in Ish. working media. Ish. Okay. Yeah. Ish. I I have to you know I mean I feel like I don't understand media people that have thin skins. Like our job is for people to yell at us. You mean like, like Skip Bayless? Yeah. Like your job <laughs> is to be no, not to like go give yourself positive reviews. Um, <laughs> I set you up. I, so I love how awesome. you knocked a thirty oh, a two hundred a three hundred forty five yard drive on that. Uh, anyway, the point is is that um, I was not crazy with the movie. However, if you are a Star Wars fan, and I am a Star Wars fan. And you are... You can't be after what I read. <laughs> yeah, I, listen, I don't think the movie itself works that well. However, I do think that if you... There's a scene where Darth Vader just wrecks some fools. And it's awesome. Like, the movie itself is not great. But I feel like the only stuff that works in the movie are is the nostalgic callbacks to old stuff. Okay. So if you love that stuff, you should see it. So where in the timeline does it fit? It takes place. So the the big question about the the big joke for years about Star Wars is that like the original <laughs> Star Wars: A New Hope is wow they built this incredible Death Star, but for some reason there's this obvious flaw one, one where thing. all they have to shoot is just one shot right in the very middle of it, and it makes the whole thing explode. Right. Well, this movie explains that. Oh, this okay. movie explains, this is set in the time where they're trying to get the plans, they're building the Death Star. This is why Darth Vader's in the movie, Grand Moff Tarkin is in the movie, characters from the original series. Yes. So what you're saying is the Jar Jar Binks car crash scene doesn't make sense to you. <laughs> no, that's later. That's later. That, that, that's much earlier. Excuse me, that's much earlier. So basically the idea of why is that there, it turns out you learn why that obvious flaw was there, and this is about, there's actually a line in the first in the New Hope where someone says many people died to get you these plans this is the story of getting those plans at the danger of revealing something very important that I'm going to see in 
uh, uh, yesterday, whenever Scott, <laughs> whenever Scott releases this. Um, so I assume we find out uh, there is a little bit of how uh, the rebellion ended up with the plans. Yes, I mean okay. that's the plan. Like the Rogue One is the name of the ship that goes to steal the plans. Okay. So right. uh, and it also explains why that flaw was there. Okay. It was actually built in. So, I have to assume it's there because they needed air. Well, I will say that, like, I find my Vacuum. personal opinion in this movie, the new characters are not that interesting. But when you see, Dar- like, there's, like, I'm not going to give any spoilers for the movie, but there's a scene where Darth Vader just kicks a bunch of rebel ass. And if you are... If, I'm, a, I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's awesome. Like, it, like I'm not crazy about the movie, but that scene is worth the price of admission right there. Huh, okay. Well, you got me excited about yeah. it because I'm all in on Star Wars. And is it the type of thing where my kids who are, have now bought into right. Star Wars? Oh, they gonna... need to see it. They okay, good. It. If they have bought into Star Wars, they, they, they have completely it. bought in. But to me, I find myself much more excited about the movie that comes out next Christmas, <laughs> which is episode eight. Right. Which is directed is it eight? by... It's eight. It's eight. Okay. And is directed by, I'm very proud to say, my friend Ryan Johnson, who... Uh, Wait, do really? You, do you not know my Ryan Johnson? I didn't Johnson know story? that. Yeah, so Ryan Johnson. No, no, wait, I didn't wait, know wait. Ryan Johnson was directing. Oh, yeah, Ryan Johnson directed Looper and directed Brick. So you're friends with the director of Star Wars? The next Star Wars, not the most. I don't care Wars. when it is. Yeah. So you're friends with the I mean, director are, of Star Wars? I mean, like, we, he wasn't at my wedding or anything, but, like, yeah, when I moved. You to, could text him and he would, like, read it, go ha ha, and respond back. Uh, yeah, LOL, yeah. That's bro. amazing. Yeah, and, uh, but, like, I don't, like, I wouldn't do that because he's very busy making the movie. But, yeah, uh, Ryan Johnson was, when I moved to Los Angeles after I graduated from college, I went, my, as pe- listeners might know, Grierson Leach is my podcast that I do with my best friend from high school, a weekly movie podcast. Uh, and he, Grierson, w- had went to film school at the University of Southern California. So I moved to Los Angeles after I graduated from high school. And then there was this group of dudes, and all dudes, by the way, a group of dudes were, where there was all film nerds. That, this is, USC is where Steven Spielberg went and where George Lucas went. Y'all wondered who all these people were going to be. He's saying y'all. Listen to yeah, that. I know. Isn't that great? And so, I'm very proud. Ten, so there was like a group of like 10 dudes where every Friday we would go see the big Hollywood movie and then Saturday we'd <clears> see <throat> the big independent movie and then all just go have drinks and talk about it afterwards. Oh, gosh. Yeah, because we were nerds. There were no <laughs> girls around. And uh, But this was my dream. Like all I wanted was this. But to me all... Hold on for a second. Here's... <laughs> Here's the great part about the scenes happening here. Scott's snickering because he thinks it's hilarious. I'm like in awe. It's awesome. It's awesome. And to me, I want to know who, which of these guys is Spielberg, which of these guys are Lucas. Which right, like, right. So like, we now who, we now know Ryan Johnson is Lucas. For the record, they all almost all became lawyers. Yes, <laughs> yes. All became Wait, lawyers. What's wrong with lawyers? Yeah, nothing, nothing. <laughs> but um, but one of them was Tim, who is now my uh-huh. is the vice president of life, the Los Angeles Film Critics Association, doing very well. One of them is a man named Lucky McKee, who has directed some independent movies. And one of them is Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson, who I at the time was one of the my I have to, I I was Tim was he a directed little, Looper. Yeah, Tim was a better friend with him than I. But like I was very fond of Ryan. We have, we talk we don't talk regularly, but certainly we are in the same social circle. We discuss a lot, and I, he was always the one I thought, man, I don't know what's going to happen with that dude, but he's one of the nicest guys I've ever met. So to see the success that he had, he directed Looper. Not only did, is he directing the next Star Wars movie, he actually wrote the script for the next two Star Wars movies to finish the whole trilogy. Of, of The Force Awakens. So, I have my hand raised. On the good side of the Force. You think we can get him on this podcast to interview him? I think we are We will, We will. are trying to get him on. Can the, we effort that? Well, I'm going to try to get him on the Grist Unleashed podcast. Well, and if I, mean, I succeed we'll take, with we'll that, then we'll, then we'll move him over. It's not yeah. hard now. 
Yeah. yeah. Does he like sports? He went to USC. Is- he actually is funny. He, his girlfriend is Karina Longworth, who is a terrific film critic who does a great podcast called You Must Remember This, which mm. was a which is a very much more popular podcast than any of the podcasts I'm associated with, where they did a, a season. It's basically like serial for like old Hollywood stories, mm. where they did a whole 15 episode stories about Charles Manson, the Charles Manson murders. So mm. if you're into like true crime, it's like a great podcast. But his girlfriend is a huge Dodgers fan. And he once emailed me saying, okay, so I'm dating this girl, and I really like her, and she's really awesome. Can you tell me who's on the Dodgers? And so I helped him with who was on the Dodgers. That's great. <laughs> Don Mattingly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll get him in baseball yeah. season. Yeah, I told him, I said, Derek Jeter is the best Dodgers player. Tell her all about how you grew up watching Derek Jeter. Yeah, how, how much you like. How, yeah. You have to talk about how much you like yes. Eckersley. Yeah, um I, Point is, good things happen to good people. I firmly believe he that. He directed Looper. Yeah. It's, yeah. He wrote Looper. It's he terrific. wrote it? Yeah. He wrote and directed Looper. I, I'm sorry. I haven't seen did you or watch, heard did, of Looper. Did you watch Breaking Bad? Yes. Okay. It's so, like, oh, God, so Ryan really oh, made his name by directing probably two of the most beloved Breaking Bad episodes. Okay. Now you got my Are attention. you serious? Yes. So do you remember Fly, the one where they're all caught in the – there's it's a what they call a bottle episode where they're all trapped in the lab and there's a fly – that yes. that that has messed up the batch. Yeah, and so yeah. and so yes. Walter White spends the whole episode desperately trying to kill the fly. And there's that great moment where you think that Walter White <clears> is <throat> going to finally say that he is he actually He's killed Heisenberg. Yeah, or? no, no, that he actually no, no, killed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, killed agent, killed her yeah. girlfriend. Yeah, killed, oh yeah. yeah. Oh okay, yeah, yeah. So there's to that Jesse? moment. Yes, Jesse's girlfriend. But the most famous episode, the one that I think is probably I think generally are the best. Breaking Bad episode is Ozymandias, which is the one. Oh wow! The one that the one where everything happens. <laughs> yeah, with with three episodes left. The one is that where, the one where he starts at the cafe. That the Ozymandias is the one where everything happens. Yeah, where, the, where, the, where everything with his family explodes. It's the last time that we see uh, Saul Goodman. It is the one where at the beginning of the episode, I don't know if people are watching Breaking Bad. If you're watching, about to watch, if you are oh, still that, watching that, Breaking that's, Bad, that's Pat, yeah. fast forward. Fast forward. forward. This it's the episode that Hank dies at the beginning. That's oh. Ozymandias. Oh my god, Hank died. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> yeah. And so it is generally that was a good one. The great Breaking Bad episode. Brian directed Brian those. Directed that one. That's so, amazing. And I think for a lot of people, that was the thing that officially pushed him into. Well, yeah. Oh, this yeah. guy should direct Star it. Wars. So Ryan, yeah. he's, he's just an awesome dude, and we could not be happy. I can't wait to meet him. You, you should watch. You should. Yeah, you'll be here next week. You should watch. You should watch Looper. He it's will, a great yeah, movie. Bruce Willis just just yeah, uh, uh, Emily Blunt, Blunt. Yeah. before she became a superstar. Yeah. Uh, and I, so the point is, he will be here next week to preview. Scott's got the, nine uh, more questions. The, the Big Twelve <laughs> SEC basketball. I'm trying game. to. I'm trying to omit some that I'm okay. I'm not going to ask that one. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. So that is fascinating. It really is fascinating. I did not think. That I'm going to have to actually talk about how we go on a 23-minute tangent about yes. Rogue One and yes. Ryan Johnson and everything. No, and I'm glad I did. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, I don't know how to transition from this. but uh, <laughs> You had the question. So I right now, music, do it with music. That was, that was, Seven Mary Three. No. That was a, that was a Twitter reference <laughs> yes, right there. Yes, it was. I saw that. Was I right? You yes. Correct. I was so right. 100%. It was terrible. Jim, shame on you. Oh, totally correct. Jim, you know... Yeah, Jim, yeah, you understand you what we're talking about. All right, so this is currently episode 75. At some point in 2017, <laughs> we will hit episode 100. Should we celebrate? 100%. Yeah, that feels like a public uh, and mailbag a, show. Uh, yeah, 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 like Bar South. This yeah. is our place. Yeah. I was South Bar. Whatever. Yeah. That Sponsor- feels it's our place. Sponsorship. 
We should do a big show. And I don't know around where we'll be at that point. Well, yeah, when do you think it'll happen? Uh, Take see, a guess. Make, maybe well, make a... Probably right before South Carolina game. Yeah. It'll be would, sometime in the yeah, fall. Yeah. yeah. I think it'll be... I would guess it would midway through the season after yeah. they've started... Six, seven games? Uh, uh, right right before that big road Six game and oh. against Tennessee. Yeah. That's my prediction. All right. Um, so... 2016 is coming to an end. What is the best thing that has happened in 2016 for you and for sports? Literally Quickly. nothing good oh, happened come in on. 2016. Come on. It's why I, I wrote a piece for Medium oh, a couple a couple years ago called How Every Year is the Worst Ever. At the end of every year, everyone's like, oh my God, this is the worst year. I'm so glad it's over. But then the next year happens, and then the next year, like, oh my God, it's the worst year ever. Because life always feels kind of unsatisfying in the moment, but therefore we can nostalgize the past. Uh, but I would argue this year has been historically terrible, so I should maybe not be the best person to ask this question. I would say the best thing that happened about 2016 <clears throat> is that it is over. Um, sports also? There's two... I mean, the the Cubs won the World Series. It was horrible. Um, I, for me, Cleveland got a championship. That I finally turned around to be like, okay, LeBron James is pretty awesome. And so I came full board. Okay. So I'm going to get the controversial one out of the way. Controversial in this room. I would say, and this is not me personally, the best thing sports-wise that happened in 2016 is the Cubs won the World Series. I, I know. I know, Will. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I'm not a Cubs fan. I am not a Cubs fan. Literally, but, it caused the world to clean off the axis, crash into the sun in like a week it, and a it, half it, later. And we don't even know yet. But <laughs> uh, let me tell you why it's good for sports. Because there's probably like only two other like long-term sports franchises oh, in, the, yeah, in I, the world, right? Who have not? Who have toiled? It's the sports story of the year. It's sports story of the the last five years, and and it's it is something interesting, fun that diverts us from all the other stuff. It's baseball, so it's it's still America's sport. Baseball needed a kick. Baseball needed a kick. It got the kick. Um, For me personally, I you know I have to say that for for me personally, um, you know we had. Considering a lot of noon kickoffs, a really good football season. We had Heinz Ward show up. Um, that's, the, that's the guy that used to play football for he, Georgia. He played football for that Georgia. That dude from the tailgate? He, he tailgated some with us. And, uh, you know, we had uh, – but, you know, personally, my, my wife had a great year in her job. But the, while I was saying about, uh, you know, tailgating-wise, my wife got to tailgate with us a lot more because with a noon kickoff, she's she's much more able to come. It's a lot more fun. Uh, and we, uh, I got finally got to go to Oxford. So, yeah, and football season was great. I mean, eight and four, it wasn't a great season. It was a lot of fun. Seven and five, whatever it was. <laughs> it's it's funny. It, this was definitely when we were speaking Georgia football wise. This was proof that a blowout loss on the road could still actually be really fun. We had a great time, that was a blast. right? That right? Was a blast. I mean, we ran into Will. We were leaving to go back yeah. to our house, which we rented from the Faulkners. Yeah. Um, and we just run into Will and Alexa. I mean, it, it really was an incredible, blessed season. And if next season's as much fun for all our road trips, uh, when well, we're in South Bend and whatever, for our trips to uh, South Bend and whatnot, it's uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I think for me, um, the best thing that happened to me personally this year was I got to go to New York City. Twice. You had a great this year. You had a business wide. You had a great year. Yes, and you know I've started my own business uh, about a year and a half ago. I was in. You know, long story short, I was in pharmaceutical and medical device sales, where I was in the operating room and you know not being creative. 
and Killed you know having too many patients. Yeah, not, I didn't kill any patients, but I was <laughs> how many? Was is too many? To, how was, many is too many? <laughs> how many is not enough? I was having to be in the operating room all the time and running trays to hospitals and going to Grady Hospital and Gwinnett Medical Center. And you know, about a year and a half ago, I I, I took it upon on myself to you know I'd been making videos and I'd been and working for for clients and I had clients and I was like you know I'm going to go all in. So long story short, I went all in and it's been great. And I got to go to New York because of it. And I worked. I collaborated with a hotel chain and I was able to take my family up there. And went up there once. We road tripped, which was fantastic. Uh, having three kids in the car and driving all the way up the Northeast Corridor. What bridge to did New you York. go into Manhattan? Uh, we went uh, the Brooklyn. Oh, Brooklyn. Okay, yeah, we right. made. We went yeah, so around. You went around the other way. We See, went around. You did Verrazano into back end. We did Verrazano back. Yeah. Out. Yeah, you didn't yes. make the mistake of going to GWB. No, no. why would you do smart. that? No, no. But Verzano the mistake I did. The, yeah, the mistake I did driving back was I wanted to be on ninety five, but I somehow got on the turnpike, and uh, then so I you, spent so probably eighty three dollars in tolls from New York City to Maryland. Yeah, it, and it was like you. it was like a big joke. I finally, after the fifth one, I was like. I laughed at the lady, yeah. almost like a like a sadistic laugh. Here's I'm like, how card. much do you Take want? <laughs> you know, give that man his money. Yes, and it was like there was one in Delaware, and then like three miles later, there's another one. Another one in Delaware. Um, but anyway, that was my that was my the best thing that happened to me in 2016 <laughs> was travel and business. Okay, um, if you guys are gonna be sincere about nice things that happened, no, well, we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll come. I was at a great trip to Alaska. We'll so come back to you. Um, I did. It's you know. No, I understand, and we'll circle back. But the election first, ended, so that's the best thing. That's, that's right. That's, that's my right. personal. Thing. <laughs> that's right. Um, but for sports, it's another family infused thing. I want to thank Will for uh, sending me the email back in August about, "Hey, you want to join a fantasy team?" Right. And I wanted to respond, "No." The, the response I give to everybody that is invited me on fantasy. No, I quit doing fantasy 10 years ago because I hate it and I'm not very good at it. And I res- refuse to respond to trade propositions and I don't make any moves. Well, this year I was like, you know what? I've got a 10 and an 8 year old, uh, both yeah, boys, and yeah. they were old enough to do it. And I handed it over to him. I explained it to him. I gave him about three or four weeks, uh, kind of a buffer to it. And if they did not, not only run with it, but mastered the art of taking my app on my phone and then studying and knowing what players like when Terrell Pryor was hurt and to put in or to 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 pick up uh, who did we take in Junior? Yeah, like I don't know somebody. I mean, I don't even know because I wasn't paying attention as much. But they were making the moves. Wait a minute. We were playing your kids. You were playing my oh, kids. Yeah. There are se- one of the sad Jesus. parts. The sa- both and I finished sad, like sixth. Yeah, one of the most sad and also exciting things about the league is now all the team, the people that have been in, the, like Matt Pitzer, the guy that did yeah, yeah, yeah. pile of crap. Yeah. He's, he's been in the league from the very beginning. He was in my wedding. Well, like He's one of my closest friends. The league the very beginning, his kids have been running his team for about right. three or four years. Right. And, and so he my. He used to be a pro- paid prof- professional fantasy expert. And now yes. his kids run the team. Yeah, so now my kids are, my my eight-year-old especially, will start naming people on the defensive line of the Cowboys that I've never even heard of. And you know, the thing, the reason why that's special to me is because I'm obviously a sports fan. Uh, and as I've told Will, because his boys are a little bit younger than mine, and Tony's got a son that's exactly the age of my oldest, but I'm like, all of a sudden it clicks. If you keep taking, and this goes out to anybody out there that has any young kids, boy, girl, whatever, take them to Georgia games. It's a pain. They want their dipping Dots. 
They want their cotton candy, and they want to leave at halftime, and they're hot. And sometimes your wife is also like that, like yeah. mine, and she would admit that. But keep taking them to the games because when they hit that age 7, 8, 9, 10, maybe 11, it'll click, and then you'll be able to see it in their eyes because they have the passion, and then they have the desire, and they, they make you want to go to games. And, you know, quite frankly, the home schedule next year is going to suck. It's gonna, it's awful. It's a rough one. The the for the for the Georgia football and some people might would say you know what I'm gonna give up my tickets but there's no way I would give up my tickets yeah. because it still allows me to take my children to the game because they are all in just like Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle. I encourage them to give up their tickets so Tony can shoot up the the, the path yeah. a little bit. So Will, did you <laughs> want to did you want to revisit there? I do have one addendum. Yeah, uh, I just realized that one of the uh, the sports highlight was. Uh, my 11-year-old daughter going with me to Georgia Auburn. Oh, that's I mean, right. yeah. I just think about some pictures we put in. So I do a uh, I do a, a year in review book for my wife every year and I put like six pictures of that game in there. So, yeah. You and yeah. Maggie? Yeah, Maggie and I. That's great. So, that's great. yeah, go ahead with your sincere No, one. As I, a, I mean, after I, after I you were cynical. I, I don't do can well. you come up with one? I can come up with. Like listen, you know, what it's funny, <clears> one of the things my my son William is uh, he's a, he's a smart uh, little person, um, uh, <laughs> flaunting the genes given to him by uh, by me and my wife, and um, <laughs> specifically me, and, and and by me I mean me and probably, and but they uh, or some really handsome guy yeah so yeah the, the the guy that comes by our house once a week and cries I don't know why he does that he just shows up he just sits on the sidewalk uh, yeah, it's weird I don't he's understand. fine he's weird on me but he's fine but then when he sees William he bursts into tears I don't know why I don't ask I just assume he's a milkman um, anyway the point is is that my son is really 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 into sports in a way that frankly sometimes you know, I remember I when I've, I used to give him flashcards to like learn teams, like not flashcards, but like little pennants of team names, right? And, like learn that's them. not weird because I thought it'd be a fun way to like you know to have something together to know where the cities are in America. Yeah, and like learn about you know like oh well, Toronto, where's yeah, that? that's where Salt Lake City is, and but he got so good at it that I was like oh crap, I should like teach you the presidents or like the state capitals or something, and now it has gone into there's a great, John Sheerholtz. yeah. There's got there's a great video that my wife shot today of uh, my son, older son is five, my younger son is two. Of uh, William, have you seen these? Uh, there's these little uh, orbs that are like mazes where there's like a little metal ball and you move. It's like one to fifty, and you move the little metal ball through the maze. Mm-hmm. It's like a circular orb. It's like an intellectual game for kids. <laughs> Obviously, that passed me by. And uh, it's fun. And uh, sounds awesome. Yeah, it's actually like it's it is fun. And William is really really into it. And there's this great video my wife made of. William sitting in the kitchen, like staring at this ball intently and moving the ball just to the left and just to the right and just to the left so he can get to one, two. And he's like, interesting. If I move this angle, I can shift this here. Interesting torque and vector and whatever sort of things. Meanwhile, my other son is naked, running around <laughs> him in a circle, hitting a, <laughs> hitting, <laughs> hitting a rolling pin against a pan, going, poopy, poopy. And running around in a circle, and I realized these are the two people that I have that are, that I have created with my loins and uh, spread <laughs> out to the world. Probably, probably. theoretically, <laughs> I am told according uh, to the birth certificate in the state of Illinois. That is uh, an, New, York, yes, New York, New York. That is an exciting thing for me. Uh, I know you guys have older kids than me, but you know now my kids are starting to become real like people with right. like clear objectives and things and personalities and it's been a very exciting yeah. thing to stick see with year. them stick with yeah. them 
I it's mean, worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand that damn orb game. It's really hard. I lose patience and start hitting a pen with a rolling pen. I will say, I will say, the standard deduction for kids is not high enough. Yeah, right. Hey, we should make picks. Yes, by the way. I was going to get into that. Um, I don't know if it's only been an hour forty seven minutes, yeah. right? And I don't remember at the beginning of the podcast if we said we were going to talk about college football playoff. We will, we will uh, push that back to a separate episode. If, so if I, I did say that, and so all we're going to do now. Are we get your last nine questions? No, I'm. I'm <laughs> you know what? They had to do with Georgia, but we're just going to get into the picks. Are they good? They are good. They're true faults. Let's do roll you want them. them? Let's roll. All right, them. we'll Let's go. We'll go quickly. Um, Tony and Will, just Pulse. I just want quick, yeah, answers. <laughs> Nick Chubb will rush for a hundred yards. Hundred percent true. No, true or false? True. False. Uh, Sonny Michelle will rush for 100 yards. False. False. Uh, Dominic Sanders will have an interception. True. True. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie will return a punt for a touchdown. False. False. Georgia will win a close one. False. False. Uh, Cheney will call an amazing game. True. Amazing is a subjective term, but uh, That's I'll, why I went with I'll, true. I'll go with true. <laughs> 2,000-plus UGA fans will show up to the Liberty Bowl. True. True. Okay. Those are all the... That was the easiest one. Those are all the the questions I had. I I threw those those together right before the podcast. So so now we have to talk about the actual game. Yeah. We have. We've talked about this. And and keep it to 90 seconds or less. 90 (laughs) seconds or less. Four to eight seconds. Four to eight seconds. You want to go first or me? No, please go ahead. So here's how I see this going. I, I said a long time ago... Uh, that Isaiah McKenzie is the key to this game, especially since it looks like he's not he's done. If he's not done, whatever. But still, I think Chubb gets his yards. I think Michelle gets his yards. Frankly, I'd like to see Easton gets his yards. But the games where we've incorporated McKenzie into the offensive game plan are the games where we've had the most success offensively, especially inside the 30-yard line. I, I see no harm in running jet sweeps, bubble screens, runs, runs and wheel routes, whatever. But McKenzie, McKenzie breaks out. He goes, he goes big time. He does not get a punt return for a touchdown. But he gets 100 yards total offense, a touchdown or two, and Georgia wins big. I feel like this, we've talked about this a lot, bowl games come down to motivation. I feel like Georgia, if anything got me, I, I already was going to pick Georgia, but the Chubb-Sony thing has got me fully excited for a team that wants to play, is going to be excited to play against a team that has been had a very frustrating season and kind of wants it to be over. I like Georgia big as well. I agree. I think uh, Nick Chubb gets 105 yards. Sonny Michelle gets 101 yards. Ooh. I think uh, Lorenzo Carter will somehow wreak havoc in the backfield, kind of like how Vic Beasley's doing for the Falcons now. So over under all sacks for him, 3.5. Oh, I think it's under. Yeah. I think, think but, so? But Davin Bellamy makes yeah. up for it because those are the four guys okay, that announced are going to come back. Between Bellamy and Carter, 3.5. I mean, that's that's ambitious. But they did sack Colt Brennan eight times in the Sugar Bowl against Hawaii. Marcus uh, Howard ain't working through that yeah, door. Yeah, I know. So I'd say under. I'd say maybe right around three, maybe one and a half for each. Um, but I, you know, I asked y'all if Georgia will win a close one. Y'all both said faults. Faults. So you think, think it's going to be a blowout? Yeah, I, I think it's. I think I said seven. I think seventeen sounds right. Yeah, seventeen seems ambitious, but this this very well can be a thirty-five. 28 game where where TCU scores a late touchdown to get close. The backdoor but, cover. 
We got backdoor cover. So I think right. actually, the, I think George's favored like oh, one or two. Yeah, it's not much. Three maybe. So, yeah. I, but I, still, I I think I think it's gonna be a sneaky a, a, a game where people are like, oh, this game that game's close. Kind of like the Louisiana Lafayette where we had it handled. Yeah, and then they yeah, came that's back right, that's right. Because that's the games we played this season. That's right? exactly. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. I, I you know we and really the Louisiana Lafayette game. And you know, some might argue the North Carolina, but we had to come from behind, even though we won by double digits. Uh, I think we're going to see Georgia win comfortably yeah. uh, for the first time all season. I think it's going to be a great springboard into our game up in South Bend, which will be the next game that you see Nick Chubb I can't and Sonny Michelle. It's nine uh, months away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Notre Dame's already preparing, so we got to get through this. We are game. too. And yeah, they can't prepare. They can't. They can't practice. You know They're why? Thinking about it. They went four and eight. <laughs> That's right. They're thinking about it. And with that, we're gonna say go dogs, and uh, we'll see you uh, next year. No, we're gonna talk. I think we'll do a post game. I we'll, we're gonna figure out when we do. We'll yeah, figure yeah, it out. yeah, yeah. So party at my house uh, for the ball game. And all of our listeners. Yeah, why not? Okay. I mean, okay, I'm, so, I'm mad. Okay. I can't go. Take a left by the old Thompson place, yeah, right where yeah. the Johnson place burned down. Where back that in, uh, the tree 76. used to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you mean Twin Pines Mall? Twin or, Pines or Mall. Lone and Pines and Mall. Man, turn left where you used to park to go neck. I've got to there. I've got to go to Indiana, Illinois before I get get back. So Oh yeah, you're making the full get, the whole rotation. I'm making my my, my family is trading uh, we are trading you for my family. Well, it's a fair trade. Holidays, and so. you know what? You get to drive to Illinois. You get to go do another podcast. I get to edit this thing, this yeah, monstrosity yeah, that we've created of an hour and twelve minutes. Much. I respect this, Dan, though, because you now, I know, I, I, we've talked about this. I produced the New Republic podcast now, yeah. so do you I really? now know the pain that you. Well, go when you're through. tired of producing that, let's talk. Yeah, I'm, I'm, and I'll produce it for you yeah. for a small fee. All right, so go dogs, go, go dogs. dogs. And thanks so much for listening. I realized that we stated we would discuss the college football playoff, and we didn't. But here it is in a nutshell. Alabama will win by 20. Ohio State will thrash Clemson, and it'll be Saban versus Meyer for the national championship. No surprise there, right? The three of us will be back for a short post-game bowl episode, and then we will jump into 2017. We'll hit on recruiting, which is shaping up to be something special for the dogs, and then dive deeper on what the basketball team needs to do an SEC play to position themselves for securing a postseason bid. In short, they're going to have to play a lot better than they have lately. So we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter at WSLS Podcast. And if you haven't already, we'd also love it if you could leave us a show review on iTunes, as this show is only four reviews away from reaching the 50 mark. And it's a milestone, I guess you could call it. <laughs> anyway, have a great rest of your week. Go dogs and happy new year. We will see you on campus in 2017. Take care.